Welcome to High Lawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. We pray that you are blessed by the sharing of God's truth for us this day. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Okay, good evening. As you can tell by the looks of me, I'm not Jason. Uh, Jason is having some uh, uh, medical tests done, and he asked me to step in and uh, do a lesson for him this evening. So we'll get right with it. Do you believe God is all-powerful and we have... We don't have to do anything. You see, Doris Day, some years ago, and this is dating me and most of you here, she had a song that said, uh, Que sera, sera. Translated roughly, whatever will be, will be. Some Christians believe that about the sovereignty of God. Whatever will be, will be, will be. But if you have a good marriage, you must work at it. If you want to be blessed financially, you need to be a good shepherd of what the Lord gives us. The point is not all God. If I enjoy the ride, if Jesus has arranged it all, if it is all beyond me and I'm sitting in the lazy boy, what is my part? Since Jesus is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, sovereign, faithful, merciful, gracious, and He will never leave me, since God is all that, what's my part? We can get into an attitude that is just all God. Whatever will be, will be. Now, as I have traveled around the world and have been blessed to see the wonders that God has created, uh, in Europe you saw the old cities, some older than our country. In Africa, I saw the people, the poor, the rich, the downtrodden, and the upstanding. In South America, I saw the Latin influence in everything. In Japan, you saw an old culture. What a beautiful, magnificent, and vast world God has created for us. I have said, God, you don't need anything. You are everything and a big bag of Lay's potato chips also. But then I had that little voice, that still, small voice. And I accredited it to the Lord. He said, I need you. But I reminded him of his position. I said, God, you're self-existent. You're self-sufficient. God is self-sustaining. No, you don't need anything. I said, God, you're eternal. You're infinite. But the Lord said in that small voice, 
I need you. I said, no, Lord, and I reminded him of all of his attributes right down the line. And again, the thought, I need you. I realized I wasn't going to win this discussion. So I asked, uh, what do you mean you need me, Lord? Now the lightning didn't flash. The thunder didn't clap. The wind didn't roar. But in that quiet, gentle voice, God replied, I need you. I want to partner with mankind. You can substitute cooperate or cooperate with the word partner. Each has a part to do. So what is our part? If you partner with God, each has a part. Now he doesn't need us to exist. God has always existed according to his word. He needs us to coexist. God decided to need a partnership to manage this earth. In Genesis 2, 19, the scripture says, And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. God formed the animals, not Adam. Adam's job was to name the animals. And what's your favorite animal? Some of the names that you can think of. An aardvark. Uh, an opossum. Umbrella bird. Now Adam, he said, uh, God, what do I call that red bird over there? And then there's a bluebird. But my favorite is duck or goose or hippopotamus. Why did God have Adam name the animals? He was starting a partnership. He was starting a co-op. Why didn't God just name all of them? He didn't want to. He had a part that Adam couldn't do. He created. Did you catch it? Did you catch that? The supernatural part. Adam's part was what he could do. Now, I'll admit that Adam was a genius. He had to be. Naming all them animals had to take a genius. Besides, God wouldn't have created a dummy to hang out with in the garden. Adam was a genius because he was created a genius. No sin had entered the world yet. Once sin entered the world, though, we became stupid. The further we get from God, the more stupid we are. 
From the beginning, God wanted to partner with us. All through the scriptures, we read of Rahab hiding the spies in Jericho. We read of Ruth leaving her home and following Naomi. We read of Abraham and Isaac. We read of Noah and Gideon and many others. God is only limited by our faith or lack of it. Now in Mark 6, 5, the scripture says, And he, Jesus, could there do no great work, save that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And that was scripture from where he was in his hometown. And the people not believing who he was. Everything God does, he partners with somebody. He partnered with David to kill Goliath. He partnered with Moses to cross the sea and lead the children out of Egypt. He partnered with Mary as she was the mother of our Savior. He partnered with four men to carry the paralytic to Jesus. He partnered with Ananias for Saul to receive his sight. And then Saul who became Paul, he partnered with them and Silas as they prayed in prison and praised the Lord. Just to name a few places. The question is, have you decided to need God because the world is going through terrible times today? And in that, I have a couple or three sub-points. God will never do our part. There was a young lady working in a church nursery. She was single, but she loved to work with the little ones. And as she would work with the little ones, she had a tendency to pray a little bit and talk to the Lord. And she was talking about asking the Lord, will you, will you help me find a good husband? And will you help me with children? And about that time she was changing the diaper on a little one. And she said, Lord, will you help me change diapers? And the voice of the Lord echoed through the nursery and he said in Malachi 3.6, I say, I am the Lord, I change not. Point number one. Point number two, our part is never supernatural. We're not supermen. We serve the superman. At the Red Sea, Moses' part was not to part the water. His part was to hold up the stick or the staff. Gideon's part was to follow instructions. Put the light in the pitcher, take the 
trumpet in your hand, you break the pitcher and hold the light up and blow the trumpet. God worked the miracle. And the third point, our part comes first. Our turn. Now theoretically, I know, and theologically, God is first. We love God because He first loved us. But Jesus' part is finished. He said that on the cross. Now it's our part. Praying for others is our part. Answering is God's part. Laying hands on others in faithful prayer as Ananias did to Saul when he received his sight in Damascus. That was Ananias' part. God's part was to open the eye. Exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's our part. Remember I said about the four who bore the paralytic to Jesus? Well, they couldn't get to him because of the crowd around the house. But in love with kindness, faith, and gentleness, they carried that one to Jesus. With patience and self-control, they sought another way when the crowd blocked the door. Then they had joy and peace as the Lord healed their friend. Being a Christian is not an avocation. It is a full-time vocation, 24-7, 365. To all of you out there and you here, what is our part? You have answered the salvation call. You have been equipped. You have been blessed. You have been called to service for our Lord where you are today. God has given us a servant heart. We all have diverse talents in the execution of our one goal. In Matthew 28 and in Mark 16, it says that we are to go into the world and make disciples. We're to preach the word. Now, where is your world today? Maybe you are sitting at home and you've been talking on the telephone. That's where your world is today. Maybe you've been driving down the highway, taking a trip, stopping at a restaurant, filling up your gas tank. That's your world today. Maybe you're still working. That's your world today to be a witness.
as I have often said, tell everybody about Jesus. And if all else fails, use words. If you want something to last a season, you plant a flower. If you want something to last a lifetime, plant a tree. If you want something to last for eternity, plant the Word of God in the hearts of those you come into contact in your daily walk. Till the ground. Fertilize. Provide seed and plant. Partner with the Lord to reach His goal. Associate with other Christians to be a witness for service. We had a good time Thursday evening downstairs in the fellowship hall packing 120 bags, three weeks worth of backpack bags for the uh, Weimar Elementary. Nobody got in too much of a hurry. Nobody got upset. We just took our time walking around the table, picking up this and that and something else and stuffing it in a bag. That was to reach our goal. We as a church speak boundless witnessing to those school children and to their parents when they bring that backpack home. And we haven't said a word to them. Even at Easter time, when that little testament was put in each of those 40 bags, that was another silent witness. And personal witnessing. That smile and that kind word you tell that lady at Kroger's when she checks you out and it's near the end of her long, busy shift on a Saturday or a week evening, just a kind word. Invite her to come to church. Ask her if she's got a problem you can pray for. It doesn't take 30 seconds for that. And you have planted a seed, you've watered somebody else's planting. Jesus did His part. Now let's do our part. In the latest paper newsletter from the West Virginia Baptists, it talks about holding the rope. And I like that little article so well. And it talks about two fellows, William Fuller and William, or excuse me, Andrew Fuller and William Carey. And the year was in 1792. Those two men had a heart for missions. William Carey wanted to go to India. And Andrew Fuller said he would stay in England and manage the particular Baptist Mission Society. And they were discussing how that would work. 
and they were probably both familiar with coal mining. And William Carey said, I will go down if you will hold the rope. Andrew Fuller said, I'll hold the rope as long as I live. William Carey went to India on the mission field and labored there for our Lord until he died. And that was what we're all about. We're missionary Baptists reaching the world for Christ. So thank you. Uh, I trust that I have given you something this evening to uh, study on. And I thank you for the opportunity. I wish Jason would have been here to give us our lesson on Revelation. But uh, prayerfully, we'll pray that he will be back at the next appointed time. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast from High Lawn Baptist Church. If you'd like to learn more about High Lawn Baptist Church or donate to our ongoing ministry, you can do so online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We believe that when you love God, you share His Word, and when you love others, you spread the gospel. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that you'll join us again next time. Once again, thank you for listening.